When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On the Texas A&M Sports Network, from Learfield IMG College, welcome to the Aggie Soccer Hour with Coach G, brought to you by Moody's Country Store and Barbecue. Visit Moody's.com to find real Texas barbecue near you. Now, the Aggie Soccer Hour with Coach G. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Aggie Soccer Hour with Coach G. I'm David Ellis. And by my side is the head coach of the SEC champion fighting Texas Aggie soccer team, G. Guerreri. Congratulations, G. Thanks, man. It was a, That was a pretty fun day yesterday. It was a great day. It really was. And congr- by the way, to those of you who were out there at Ellis Field uh, yesterday, uh, number one, thanks for coming out. And number two, as always, you played uh, a, a great role in that game. Absolutely. And, you know, the game was at three o'clock in the afternoon. It was, you know, it was done to try to keep that crowd away as, as much as, as possible, in my humble opinion. And, uh, you know, hats off to uh, to the 12th man for doing whatever they could to uh, to get there. Number one, there was a championship on the line. We had to win. Now, we couldn't have tied, but we it, had we uh, one, it was going to be uh, another championship. And right. so all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, it's not just a Monday afternoon game. There's something on the line here, yes. and I can help. Yes. And, uh, and and they do. I mean, what the 12th man does for us is is just remarkable. And I uh, was just hearing uh, earlier today that, uh, you know, Texas A&M, even in this COVID year and what we're allowed to do COVID-wise, number one in the nation in attendance again, um, Friday night especially. Oh, goodness I mean, the gracious. Friday night game was – I mean, everyone is, is properly socially distanced, but that's one of the nice things about the way our venue is that you've got seating all the way around, all the way around the place, and you can, which of course spreads out the sound and, sure. and uh, reverberates. That the band is there, Hullabaloo band is, is playing. You got the drum line when they're not playing. You got, you know, student body saying the core cadets was was there in in force, and I mean, just electric. And the uh, LSU coaches um, spoke with with uh, Sean Hudson the day after the game as they were driving back to Baton Rouge. And she was, you know, raving about just, 
she goes, I didn't enjoy losing, but it was a really, yeah. she goes, it's a really cool environment. She goes, you guys have done a great job there. And I was like, well, there's a lot of people who are involved in, in making that a great environment. Um, Tim Michael, who's the head of our marketing for soccer, um, really has, done, I mean, he's had one hand tied behind his back the whole year. Sure. The fact that we can only have 25% um, capacity, and he's he's filled it with, with 25% at least. And just like the pointy football is number one in the country in attendance, so uh, so too is uh, is is the round football. I want to remind everybody that uh, you can watch this broadcast on Facebook.com forward slash Aggie Soccer and uh, on uh, on Facebook. So you know, and you get to see uh, G Guerrero, Coach G, and I, and uh, all of our radiant. Uh, you see faces for radio. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. That's basically it. But or uh, podcasts if you're if you're listening <laughs> to this later on in the week. But yeah. <laughs> But it's a, but it's I, I think it's that's another thing. So Matt Simon is is here with us, and he is like our webmaster, does so much for twelfthman.com. Uh, but Matt is one of those guys that we've known for a long time. He was the he was the first person that put Aggie Soccer radio broadcast together, and right. it started out as just a a streaming event when no one else was streaming around the country. And his thing was, you know, we could do that. We could do that ourselves. We don't have to bother with any and you know. It's people like that with can-do attitudes and sure. f- trying to figure out and problem-solve how things can happen. Those are the people. Those are the people I like to hang out with. Yeah, because, exactly. Because they're always thinking outside the box, and you know they want to get, they want to achieve things, they want things to happen to to make things better. And, and we still forward. rely on him to this day. I oh mean, God, uh, I know. Speaking of which, I want to I want to tell everybody, we're going to record a uh, coach G and I will record a podcast next Monday while we are in Orange Beach and uh, we'll send that stuff to Matt and he'll load it up and uh, and post it and be, save our necks again absolutely and so you'll be able to listen to that so go uh, to uh, your 12thman.com app and you'll be able to, to get the podcast right before and it'll be recorded the day before the SEC tournament starts so let's go back and review here we got a couple of minutes left uh, let's go back and review this weekend started out on Friday night against a very tough LSU team. Boy, these those they played hard, even though they, they had won. They they played they hard. They do, and they're very athletic. I mean, the the pace that those players have is uh, is pretty remarkable. We were, we were fortunate that they didn't finish. Um, they had a breakaway in the in the first half that that could have opened the game up for them. Um, but we started out our first half was, I mean, something to behold. We were. We were moving the ball. We were in a, in a, a great rhythm to the way things are going, you know. And it just kind of set up that we were able to, you know, put them back on their heels. And just some some fantastic goals that came about. Some great chances. Hit the post, I think, four times in, in right. that half alone. Right. Score two, uh, two great goals. I mean, Jimena, Jimena Lopez goes in, beats two people, breaks in on her non-dominant foot, right foot, hits the far post, and then. The, uh, but the first goal, which is on the monitor right now, where Addie McCain draws the defense and hits over to Barb Oliveri, who hits a banger into the upper 90 to uh, to get the, the scoring going. But then at, at, at halftime, we kind of came out flat, and we just, you know, we didn't, we didn't do everything that we could have. And we talked about that actually a lot yesterday as we were right. as we were talking about the game that was going to happen against Auburn. So it, we, we were up 2-1. We kind of cruised through through the, the final to get a 2-1 victory on Friday night and again in front of that great crowd. And then that set the tone for needing to win on uh, 
on a Monday afternoon. And again, we came out. We were a little. We didn't play great in the first half. Um, Auburn did, and uh, really kind of kept us in check. And it was a kind of a the the halftime. You weren't in the half. You weren't there in the halftime, but it was a great halftime because it was player led. And right. you talk about great teams are are led by the by the players, and that's exactly what this is. Phil gets up, makes great comments and and suggestions, and talks about the things that need to be done from a tactical standpoint. I talk a lot of times about how you know how we need to approach the the game and what are the simple simple things that we need to do. But then the players took it over and yeah. just talking to each other about hey we've got to we've got to have a better mentality we've got to clean this up we've got to, right. and you know Phil and I looked at each other as as we're friends we're like going all right <laughs> go <laughs> go do that and they did and come out and get two goals uh, to uh, to wrap it up you know with uh, and Jimena Lopez again involved in both in both those goals all right we're going to take a quick break and come back with uh, one of our player interviews with Macy Cole we'll be right back it's the Aggie Soccer Hour right here. We'll be right back right after this. Texas played at uh, McKinney Boyd and came down here to Texas A&M, and boy, are we glad she did. She has just been a stellar part of the Texas A&M back line. Playing right back, uh, have, how have you liked that with the back line that uh, the Aggies have gotten uh, this year, Macy? Oh, I love it. I just, you know, all of those defenders back there, all um, Jimmy, Carl, and Katie, I really trust every single one of them with the ball. And that's why you see us playing so much back there, just me constantly passing to Carl and then Carl to Katie and Jimmy, just because we all trust each other and we're no, we know that we're good in possession and that we can pass it back to our center backs. And I think that's really special. And that's so important for the back line. A lot of people don't think about that, but the, the relationship that you guys have, the communication that you have, knowing each other so you know where somebody else is going to be and what they're going to do, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Carl's always talking to me back there about when I need to tuck in or when I can get higher because, you know, she carries the ball up there too and she is going to start attacking. And so it's just really cool that we all trust each other that much. And, you know, we have confidence that we're going to keep the ball. Well, one of the other things that's a strength of your game, you don't get to display it maybe as much as you did the first couple of years here at A&M, but you've got a heck of a shot and the ability to 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 find open spaces. Because you play from sort of box to box, you're running about, what, seven miles a game on average, something like that? Yeah, like six and a half to seven every game. So, I mean, you can't just walk off the street and do that. You've got to be, you've got to be a very well-trained athlete to do that. Do you? Have you ever done a lot of distance running in your past? Um, I did some distance running, you know, cross country in the 800 and mile and track when I was in middle school and high school. But you don't do any of that now. You just basically get your training through playing the game of soccer and the the ability to run those kind of distances, right? Yeah, I do. um, All the training I do outside of soccer, it's, you know, what our uh, fitness coaches give us, and I just use that to my advantage, and I'm training all the time when we're not in practice, you know, during the off-season. So we're playing one game a week, typically, uh, this, this week a little bit different, but, but typically playing one game a week uh, here during this particular fall semester. Once you play a game and you've run six and a half, seven miles, how long does it take your body to recover from that where you're starting to you know, feel good again? And I'm going, okay, I can, I can play 90 minutes. 
probably like the third or fourth day you know the first two days I'm really tired after and um, I go in a lot to see Andy to do recovery boots and uh, cold bath um, cold tub and that's really helpful just to recover faster especially on a weekend like this when we got another game coming so one of the things the Aggies of course uh, opportunity to go to Orange Beach as the number three seed technically with a second tied for the best record in the SEC potentially tell us about going to Orange Beach and how and, and the SEC soccer tournament and how much that means to uh, the Aggie soccer team it's so cool it's such an honor to get to go to the SEC tournament and to get to play you know the best teams um, there are and it's just a really cool environment because we're getting to go to the beach you know the weather's great we're staying in a nice condo and we get to just hang out with our friends like I mean we're just around the people we love you know every day and um, it's honestly an honor to just be able to go so and and one of the things you know Texas A&M last year it was one and done and I know you guys this year you want to spend the full week in Orange Beach right yes (laughs) yes for sure (laughs) and bring home an SEC conference championship best of luck to you macy and all of you just had an incredible season best of luck to you and your teammates uh in the tournament coming up thank you so much all right that is macy cold right back for texas a&m and g you couldn't i don't think you could could ask much more out of your back line than than what you've gotten this year no and you know you can tell how with macy how what, what an intelligent what a you know, she's a really kind person as well but you know, she's she is up for the um, academic, uh, the scholar athlete of the year for uh, for the conference. She's got a 4.0, and you know, in a crazy difficult major, and um, she does everything to the extreme. And that's pretty typical of our back line. I mean, you talk about some of the the things that have made a difference this year, and the biggest thing I think that has changed is how comfortable our backs are with the ball. Jimena Lopez, best outside back in the, in the. Uh, in the country, I think, but definitely in the conference. Macy on the other side, both of them played as midfielders last year. They're very comfortable with the ball. And then you've got Katie Smith, who can play anywhere on the field, and you've got Carlene Sample, who is a, a stud. And then we bring in Sawyer Dumond as well with to to play anywhere with, with those guys, um, who's also very comfortable on the ball. So them them dropping out and giving our midfielders places to go and play instead of having to jam balls into tight spaces is a big secret to our success and uh you know and it doesn't it doesn't just happen overnight they're all incredibly talented players macy and carlina and um kendall bates all played on the same club team coming out of their senior year they were on different clubs uh bates was with texans Cole was with sting and uh carlina was with solar all of them went to solar for their last year so that they could start playing together to get ready to, to come to A&M. It's worked out pretty well. Yeah, and, I, and yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, one of the things, you, you mentioned this about Sawyer Dumont, and it goes back to the flexibility of, of Macy Kolb. Uh, in the second half, you basically brought Sawyer in. Macy, you pushed her up. Took out one of our central midfielders yeah. and, put, and sent our two wingers forward. And, and that changed the game. It did. It did. And that's, you know, it, Phil and I both are, we're, we're, we've always been fans of getting those players into the attack. And, you know, Phil was on the sidelines like going, 
whenever you're ready, whenever you're ready, I'm, I'm ready. I'm like, I go, all right, let's do it, let's go. And uh, so that that was the adjustment. And uh, well, we've done that now a few times this year, and it's always paid off, you know, hugely for us. Yeah, and it, and it and it did again yesterday. Uh, but it all goes back to having good athletes on that back line in terms of Macy Cole, Pimenta Lopez, who can run from box to box, very fit and very skilled. Well. That, but you know, you can run up and down the sidelines. But if you run up that sideline and give the ball away, yes, now you got to freaking run all the way back. You know, so, <laughs> right? So we talk a lot about it. Listen, if you're going to exert all that energy, let's make it worthwhile. Let's go sure. up and keep the ball with us, and you can. Tr- and it's just, it's a lot easier to run when you're not thinking about running. About like, right. damn it, I got to run all the way back now instead of just, hey, now I'm going to take this ball forward. I'm going to be creative. You know. The brain, the brain works a little bit easier on the legs if you're, sure. if you have the ball. I think, sure. and, and that's that is been a, a big part of the way that we've been able to play this year. Again, I, I mentioned Jimena, but you know that this back four, and I, and I got to include Sawyer in that back four, is as talented as as we've ever had. It really is, and they are fun fun to watch. All right, we're going to take another quick break, and we will come right back after this. You're listening to the Aggie Soccer Hour with Coach G. The Aggie Soccer Hour with Texas A&M head coach G. Guerrero. I'm David Ellis. Hey, I want to remind you about the Aggies, uh, the annual Aggies Can Food Drive. It's celebrating its 20th year, and you can text Aggies Can to 313131 to donate during the month of November. Double your impact as HEB will match individual contributions up to $5,000. Everyone who donates will also receive a coupon for a free Whataburger while supplies last. Thanks to Brookshire Brothers, HEB, KBTX, and Whataburger for their support of Aggies Can. Uh, G, so it was a <laughs> it was a full round of uh, SEC soccer games last week, and it spread out over four days. There was games, uh, numerous games on Friday, well, one on Saturday, one on Sunday, and then of course our game yesterday afternoon. Uh, any scores that stick out to you? Well, I mean, it, the way it worked out, there was a basically a championship game the first game of the weekend and there was a championship game the 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 last game of the weekend the first game of the weekend was it came down to who was going to win the sec east um south carolina number nine in the country rolling right along with a a six and one record but tennessee at tennessee scores and then holds on to uh to uh, to get the victory and that made it to where tennessee actually won the east even though they've got three losses the losses were mostly in the um other side of the of the league over with right. us and uh and alabama were the two teams that beat them so it was uh and that's the way for a lot of people don't maybe understand how this how all of it kind of came about let me see if i can explain so yeah the question is how can texas a&m be a co-champion but be a number three c so here's here's the uh, somewhat abbreviated thing we we talked about we wanted to have division champions but it and the league said, okay, well, if you're going to have division champions, then those those division champions get to be the one and two seeds in the tournament. And we're like, okay, that sounds good. So the way you determine the division champion is games only amongst the teams in that division. And so, like Arkansas on our side was six and zero against Western teams. Now they lost a game against an Eastern team, and that made them seven and one on the year. For us, we lost at Arkansas. So we were five and one in, in the division, but we ended up seven and one with them. So that's why we were tied with them for the SEC championship, but they won the Western 
and because they won the West, they were the number one seed with the best record. The number two seed then went to Tennessee, and then from that point on, it was going to be total points until COVID struck and the Georgia ten- uh, uh, Mizzou game had to be canceled. And so at the last minute, the league office said, okay, now we're going to, because Georgia and Missouri are not going to play as many right. games. An unequal number of we games. We need so. to make it a formula. So the formula was um, points uh, per game. Points per game, which comes down to you know, usually you get three points for a win, one point for a tie. And now it just came down to what is your average for the number of games that you, you played. So that shifted the that shifted things quite a bit. It put Auburn all of, all of a sudden up into fourth place at that at the time going into the weekend. Um, and as the weekend kind of unshuffled and everything else, that's how we got the seedings for the tournament that's going to open up on Friday. So that's is that, ha- is, that, is that did I clear that up or did I make that more? No, I think it. I, I think okay. it, I think you're. I think it was a good, clear, concise. Uh, explanation in terms of so the the winner of the west western division the winner of eastern division got to be the top two seeds whichever one had the best record among those two teams number one and then number two and then after after that it's an all skate everybody with uh all the the, games count towards towards those right exactly the other game on friday night that i well there were several games i thought were pretty cool um alabama goes to auburn and beats auburn in auburn it's the first time since 1999 that Alabama had beaten Auburn there on the Plains. So congrats to Wes and those guys. It was kind of a funky goal that scored, but uh, they got it. Uh, Florida lost at Kentucky 3-1. to one. Kentucky, who had been kind of knocking on the door all season long, finally gets their win. Mississippi State put up a, a valiant uh, battle against Arkansas, uh, but went down 2-1. to one. And then, of course, the Missouri-Georgia game was canceled. Uh, LSU came here to, uh, to play us on Friday on that same Friday night, the last game of the night, and uh, we took care of business in that one. And then on Saturday, dramatic game again. Ole Miss goes to Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's winning one nothing with about four minutes left in the game, and a lot of people talk about the last five minutes of an SEC game is as crazy and wild. Sure. <laughs> Especially if the home team's winning by one or losing. It's, yeah, so right. Ole Miss gets an equalizer in the 86th minute, and then they get the winner, I think, in the 94th minute. Right. And... And with that, they actually tied Vanderbilt at, with both having the same record, but because they held the head-to-head, right. head, they become the sixth seed, and Vanderbilt, I think, became the seventh seed is yes. the way it worked out. And then uh, uh, Brian Blitz and uh, and Mizzou then were waiting in the weeds for uh, Florida to come in, limping in from Kentucky, and they smashed them 5-2. to two. Was, And Mizzou right now they're is playing, as hot they're, as anybody. Yeah. Where, the Aggies are the hottest team in the league on a six-game winning streak, but Mizzou has, I think, scored nine goals in the last two games. So yes. they're uh, they're a fun team to watch sometimes. Yeah, they are, they are, and uh, except when you have to play them. And uh, they're, but they're <laughs> and then, and then the last really game, impressive. The last game, of course, was our game, which was the made-up game against uh, Auburn, and uh, Aggies went two nothing to uh, win our share of. The, uh, the SEC championship, our, our 18th conference championship, which we're obviously very proud of. Yeah, and, and, and it's just, you know, you say that 18 uh, conference championships, and we've not been playing uh, soccer at Texas A&M for 100 years. I mean, that's pr- it's, that is remarkably impressive. It, well, there's been some remarkably impressive <laughs> people that have played on those teams over the years, and including this team. I talked about how the players controlled the the 
the messaging that happened on uh, on Monday that that put us over the top and and there's been a lot of just tremendous teams and tremendous players over the years and in a couple leagues where we've been able to uh, lift some trophies at the end of the season. One of the things that I wanted to make sure that people were aware of, uh, we're going to talk about the tournament bracket here in in uh, in the last segment of the show, but this tournament, this is important because it is for the automatic bid into the NCAA's next May, right? Correct. The automatic qualifier goes goes to the winner of the tournament, not the winner of the regular season. So, um, but that said. The way the tournament is this year, all 14 teams going for the first time ever, the top four seeds, Arkansas, Tennessee, Texas A&M, and South Carolina, we have two buys. So we don't have to play on the first Friday night, and we don't have to play on the Sunday. We get to lay and wait for those teams to come and play against us in the quarterfinals on Tuesday. So there are advantages to the position that we're in. It's going to be tough for those teams that are playing on Friday night. Um, to make it all the way through the tournament, but that's kind of the way it is this year. And initially, it was going to be that everybody got one more consolation game, right? After if you after you got eliminated, right? Um, but the uh, uh, the league office got rid of those. I I think I don't know why, but they got rid of that. And so we'll all be there at the beach. And again, we last year we were we were one and done. So I know the players are pretty uh, motivated to uh, make a week of it. Wanted to ask you. Uh, I think I know the answer to this, but so you've kind of gotten into a rhythm, okay? Uh, and now you have eight days off. Is that a good thing, having the eight days off? I think so. Okay, just be- because of rest and get an opportunity to heal up and all that kind of stuff we as played, opposed to... We played on Friday, right. physical game against uh, against LSU. We played on Monday. It's never not a physical game against <laughs> against Auburn. Right. And he got handed to Auburn. That was Auburn's, because they had to make up a couple games. Right. That was their fourth game in 11 days. Yes. So for them, now they get a chance to rest until Sunday when, when they play. And for us, we get a chance to kind of regroup rest recover because the the chore that we have is to is to win three games on a tuesday on a thursday and on a sunday um, right which is more than we've done all all year long i'm, I'm kind of glad that we we just are coming off of a two-game extended weekend so that we're a little more acclimated to it but it'll be a, a little bit of a taper back uh, today was just a regeneration session. Tomorrow's a day off for the players, and then we'll uh, we'll ramp it up again starting on Thursday. Well, you know, it is the uh, Aggie Soccer Hour brought to you by Rudy's Barbecue, and uh, Coach G and I had our Rudy's Barbecue right before the, before the show started. Coach G has the uh, turkey, and I've got the brisket, and I tell you what, they're both great. In fact, you can't go wrong at Rudy's. And part of that is part of the reason for that is is that barbecue lovers know that the perfect brisket needs the right wood and rudy smokes all their meats using their delicious signature rubs and 100 percent oak fired pits get your real texas barbecue fix today at rudy's or on the web at rudy's.com we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with more of the aggie soccer hour right after this Welcome back, everybody. It's 
the Aggie Soccer Hour with Coach G. And in this segment, as we've done all year long, we visit with Texas A&M Associate Head Coach Phil Stevenson. And, uh, Phil, of course, by the time this show happens, we will have played Auburn, but uh, recording this a little bit before uh, the show. And just want to congratulate you on it. It was, it was a hard-fought win against LSU. And, uh, you know, Texas A&M came out and established themselves early, maybe backed off a little bit, but... Barbara Oliveri, I thought, one of a number of players who, who had a very good game for Texas A&M. Absolutely. Uh, she just does things on the soccer field that uh, people don't often do. And uh, obviously she scored a great goal. She has the ability to dip the ball more than anyone I've seen uh, in our program over 21 seasons. That the just the bottom drops out of the ball sometimes when she strikes it, uh, and then on uh, Friday, she did something that I have never seen on Ellis Field, um, and rarely do you see it in the women's game. Uh, Kenna Caldwell had the ball; she punted it inside the opponent's half, and Bob caught the ball uh, on the outside of her foot, juggled it twice and flicked it to a teammate. I mean, you just don't see things like that. <laughs> well, I, it, she has been fun to watch, and you're right about the about the ball dipping like that. I mean, it, is it almost like a knuckleball in baseball where you hit the ball just, where you hit it so square at the equator? Is that what's causing it to do that? Um, remember who you're talking to. <laughs> baseball, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> she strikes it. Um, if you st just strike the ball a little bit above the equator, but you strike it in middle of the ball, it can do that. And Cristiano Ronaldo does it incredibly well. There's quite a few uh, professionals that do that. And you've got to be able to hit it pure. Yeah. And she hits it pure. So we also celebrated last Friday night uh, three of our seniors who, not the biggest senior class obviously we've had at Texas A&M soccer, but when you talk about uh, Addie McCain and Taylor Zemer and Jimena Lopez, these are three seniors who have each played very important roles in Texas A&M soccer over the years. Tell us um, your thoughts about each one of these players real briefly. Well, uh, you say it's not the biggest, and that's by number. I think it might be the highest soccer IQ of any senior class. Um, and you look at Taylor Zima, and there's, there isn't a stat for doing smart things consistently. And we had a couple of games earlier on this season when the smartest thing was for us to take the ball out of trouble and get it into areas where there wasn't any trouble. And it's nice and easy inside of the foot pass. And Taylor Zima did it, you know, 50 times. Mm -hmm. And um, she reads the game very well. She's a uh, daughter of coaches. She's been around the game a lot and watches the game. And uh, I hope that by the end of this season, she has a few more goals and a few more assists. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of kicking her. Uh, to get forward and take some shots and we saw that on Friday night because she is uh, incredibly technical. Addison McCain I call her the best passer in the NCAA um, she plays more with the outside of her foot than any other female soccer player I've seen and her vision to play balls through gaps to her teammates is just 
amazing. Um, and Jimena Lopez, uh, the best way to describe Jimena is uh, she's a professional soccer player and she's with us at Texas A&M right now. Uh, when Bob Oliveri and Kate Colvin came in January, I said, if you want to be good and you want to be pros, follow this kid. And they follow Jimena around yeah. like two little ducks. They shoot yeah. with her. They do extra stuff with her. Um, she is just uh, amazing. She is, and it's been a pleasure to watch uh, all three of them over the course of the last few years. All right, Phil, first of all, happy Masters Week, and who's your pick this week? Um, Fred Couples <laughs> isn't going to win, but <laughs> okay. he w it would always be my sentimental pick, I, I feel. Um, I think it won't be one of those... Uh, it won't be Dustin Johnson, it won't be Rory, it won't be Bryson. Uh, I think it could be a, a Patrick Cantlay, mm -hmm. a Xander Shoffley sort of guy. Right, right. One of those second group of those of the young ones. Or, or um, uh, Justin Thomas, maybe him. Yeah, always a good pick. Yeah. All right, he's Phil Stevenson. I'm David Ellis. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back right after this. I'm David Ellis, and uh, before we go into the looking at the SEC tournament bracket, I want to remind everybody, all the games at the SEC tournament, you'll be able to hear them on 97.3 FM and your 12th Man mobile app. You'll be able to watch them on the SEC network as well. When you do that, just turn down the sound. Listen to our broadcast. We'll have it for you. First game for Texas A&M, 2.30 on Tuesday. November 17th, so a week from today. Game time again, 2.30. We'll come on the air at 2.15 with the pregame show. And A&M will either face Ole Miss, LSU, or Alabama. And uh, also, I uh, want to remind you one more time, no show next week uh, because Coach G and I will be, along with the rest of the Aggie uh, soccer contingent will be in Orange Beach, Alabama for the SEC tournament. So no show next week. However, we will have a podcast released on Monday, so you can go to your 12th Man mobile app, and uh, Coach G will record that uh, on on Monday. And Coach and, uh, and that'll be a bit of a match kind of a Simon. preview of of the of the game the yeah, next day and absolutely how things, how things look as we come into OB. So we'll we'll do that and uh, have it up there for you. And also from Coach G and I, everybody associated with uh, Texas A&M Soccer and 12th Man Productions, want to be sure and say uh, Happy Veterans Day tomorrow as we recognize our veterans. We are so grateful for your service. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. All right. So, SEC Soccer Tournament, G, go ahead. Well, it starts on Friday, and... Uh and it's actually it's it's a play-in game. So the bottom four teams in the standings are going to play against each other. Eleven, eleventh uh, place is Alabama. Fourteenth place is LSU. That's going to be match number one. Now earlier on that game, they played each other after a monsoon or during a monsoon in uh, Baton Rouge. It ended at three-three. Alabama was winning two-nothing early in that game and ended up in a three-three draw. So who do you got in that game? Okay. So I have done. You know. <clears throat> 
Research are my life, and I have done extensive research on this, and I can tell you that Alabama, the number 11 seed, will defeat LSU. Okay. The other game that, that evening at, at uh, 8.30 Central Time is a rematch from just the other day, uh, Kentucky against Florida. Now, Kentucky beat Florida on Friday 3-1 uh, to one in, uh, in Lexington. This, of course, will be a rematch uh, right there pretty close to the state of Florida. So what do you think on that one? I am going to pick Florida in this one because I think it's difficult to beat a team. Uh, two teams that are, even though Florida is struggling a little bit right now, difficult to beat a team that uh, Florida is struggling mightily right now. Yes, they are. It is completely out of out of character yes. for, for them. I think they've lost four or five in a row. Yes. So, so you think I, they're going to break pi- that? I, I, am, I am picking the upset there. Okay. So the winner of that game, well, I'll tell you what, the winner of that game is going to play on Sunday evening at 730 against the Red Hot Mizzou Tigers. Well, so you've got Florida against Missouri. Yes. And Missouri just beat Florida 5-2. to two. And Missouri is going to beat them again. Okay. Uh, I just think Missouri will have the time off, the extra time off. Florida will not, and I think Missouri is really on a roll. Okay. On the evening uh, prior to that game will be a rematch between Auburn and Georgia. Obviously, it's a huge derby match. It's a re- yes. It's a rematch from earlier where Auburn scored on a penalty kick and then had their goalkeeper ejected and played. Uh, ten players and the bus and the masseuse yeah. and everyone else <laughs> in front of the goal and uh, and Georgia couldn't break through to and lost one nothing. So, what do you what do you what do you think on that one? I am I'm going to pick Auburn again. I I think Auburn is. I mean, having seen them play yesterday, I'm impressed with their toughness. I'm impressed with their their uh, just their game, and I think they've got a a, a good defense and. Uh, uh, Prohaska and goal is very good. Okay. So at 2.30, we will be at this game to see it. Um, Al- you have Alabama coming through with a win over LSU, and they right. will be playing the number six seed, Ole Miss. Now, Ole Miss beat them 2 nothing in Tuscaloosa earlier in the season. So what do you think on that one? Uh, I'm going to go with Ole Miss just on – I wouldn't be surprised if Alabama won that game, but I'm going to go with Ole Miss because, again, they, they will have that extra rest. Okay. All right, and then the early game on uh, Sunday is going to be the uh, number seven uh, Vanderbilt and uh, ten Mississippi State Bulldogs. These two teams did not play this year, and they are a bit of a contrast in styles. Yes, uh, Vanderbilt who wants to build, and uh, Mississippi State who wants to counter. So, what do you think in that one? I'm going to pick Vandy. Okay, going to go I with think, a higher seeded team in that one. Yes, I am because I think they want a shot again at Tennessee. Okay, and then they will play Tennessee in the first quarterfinal match on uh, on Tuesday at noon. Noon, Tennessee against Vanderbilt. Earlier in the year, Tennessee beat them on a corner kick, uh, scramble in the box right. in overtime to uh, win the Tennessee State Championship. So this is a rematch. Yes, I am going to pick Vandy again here against Tennessee. Again, uh, I realize I'm going against my ro- rule here of, 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 the, of a team with a bye, particularly Tennessee, uh, uh Losing, but I think Vandy's going to come back. think there'll be enough adrenaline in the, yeah. in the tank to, yeah. to beat a, uh, a rival. Absolutely. All right. The game after that is going to be Texas A&M against who you predict to be Ole Miss. And uh, what do you think on that? Uh, gig them. Going okay. to be the Aggies. All right. Uh, and then at 5 o'clock on Tuesday, number one seed uh, Arkansas against Auburn. And that was a that was a one-goal uh 
a one goal result before it's two to one to Arkansas the last time. Yep. And uh, I'm saying Suey Pig on that one. I think Arkansas. I never thought that would come out of my mouth, actually, uh, Suey Pig. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I'm going to pick Arkansas. And then finally, the last quarterfinal game, the number four seed, the defending champions in the tournament, South Carolina, coming off of a loss at Tennessee against the Blitz, the, the Blitzkrieg from Mizzou. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I hate to pick against uh, your good buddy Brian Blitz, but I think – I think maybe the Missouri run comes to an end, although I think it's close, and it wouldn't surprise me if Missouri won. So, But I'm going to pick South Carolina. Okay, so you, now you're saying it's Vanderbilt A&M in one semifinal match and Arkansas-South Carolina in the other semifinal match. Yes. So you got A&M against Vandy. What do you got? Texas A&M all the way. All right. I kind of thought that might happen. <laughs> and then uh, you've got Arkansas against Southern Cal- against South Carolina. <laughs> yes. Um, rematch the only game that the pigs lost earlier yes and 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 this was the final last year yes so what do you think i think uh arkansas is gonna is gonna pull reverse yes i think arkansas is going to uh, get a little revenge on south carolina all right which sets up a one o'clock sunday championship game between the aggies and and the hawks speaking of a little revenge uh (laughs) i think texas a&m in fact uh Texas A&M is going to come out uh, your SEC tournament champions. I think the Aggies would enjoy the opportunity to play Arkansas again. Uh, two good teams, uh, but I I like my Aggies. All right, I've written this in ink, yes. so it can't be erased. So yes, we'll, uh, absolutely. We'll bring this along with us, see see how it goes. It it should be a great event. It always is a great event. Now, of course, it's 2020, so there has to be a hurricane yes. turning off the uh, off the Gulf Coast well, right of now. Of course, it's November. What would you expect? You know, and, and they've already been hit by hurricanes <laughs> twice this this yes. season. So. Yes. Uh, I, but I believe that that's going to be should be through probably some rain on the on the game on Friday. Yes, it looks like the the one track I saw today was that it might hit more into Florida, right. which would put the tournament west of that, which is less rain. But uh, probably some rain for the uh, first game. So LSU Alabama without rain is not a game. So yeah, that's the way it should be. But nonetheless, it's a great event. Anyone who ever, if you ever want to go and visit. A nice place. It's Orange Beach, Alabama. They do a wonderful job with this. My, I took my family there for spring break days in the early days of COVID. We yes. went on spring break. We went to Orange Beach, stayed in the place where we usually stay. We're not staying this time. And uh, and then the world stopped. Uh, we, we bought a lot of toilet paper in uh, Orange <laughs> Beach before we left town. So sorry, sorry about that, everybody up there in in the panhandle, but uh, well, that's okay. My wife bought it all here. In, uh, in there, you uh, go. There you go. Contraband was brought back <laughs> exactly. from uh, from Alabama. You know, when you're importing your toilet tissue from uh, Alabama, I don't know. I'm just that's. I'm not sure about I know. that. I know. I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm the right <laughs> spokesperson for that either. So, so again, the first game is at two thirty on Tuesday, November seventeenth, a week from today. Uh, the pregame show comes on at. 215. Again, it's on 97.3 KAGC and the 12th Man mobile app. Uh, you can get it anywhere on the planet. And uh, also, you'll be able to watch on the SEC Network. So, you know, as I said earlier, SEC Network, turn on the TV, turn down the volume, 
listen to uh, 97.3 FM or on the 12th Man mobile app. Hey, one thing I do want to uh, say real quick is yes. a big thanks to uh, Jeff Given, who was oh. your color guy all, all, all season so far. Hopefully he'll be back in the spring when we play again. Yes. Um, but I thought, I thought the, the games I've been able to listen to, you guys have done a great job. Well, so. and, and Jeff does do an absolutely fantastic job. He really does, despite the fact that he kids me about listening to uh, 40s on 4 on Sirius XM. You know, he says that's my station, and that's not true. It's 50s. Uh, I think four, I think four. I think Channel 4 will soon turn into Holly or one of the yeah. one of the Christmas. And we have a lot of fun doing it, and uh, we we uh, we truly enjoy it. The interaction with the fans at the game and elsewhere. It's, Who's it's doing a, color for you on Tuesday? It'll just be me. Okay. Yeah, doing I'll be all. I'll be doing it solo. So, uh, all righty, again. Uh, that's at 2.15 for the pregame show on Tuesday. This copyrighted broadcast is an exclusive presentation of Learfield IMG College under the broadcasting rights granted by Texas A&M University. Reuse of this presentation is prohibited without the express written consent of Texas A&M University and Learfield IMG College. Announcers are provided by Learfield IMG College and Texas A&M University. For G. Guerrero, I'm David Ellis. Thanks and gigum. On the Texas A&M Sports Network, from Learfield IMG College, you've been listening to the Aggie Soccer Hour with Coach G, brought to you by Moody's Country Store and Barbecue. Visit Moody's.com to find real Texas barbecue near you. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Texas A&M Sports Network.